The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Hey everybody, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. I'm Pastor Chris. Uh, it is great to have you with us today. Welcome. We're, we're glad that you're here. If you're a guest with us today, that means somebody uh, loved you and cared enough about you to invite you uh, to bring you to Coastal today, or uh, God himself is drawing you to us through Google, and uh, you, you found us online, and, uh, and you're here today. So, Or you, maybe you got one of our uh, unshakable postcards in the mail this week, and uh, you're here. But no matter how you're here, uh, you're not here by accident. And uh, God has a plan for you, and uh, we're glad that you're here. A couple of things I want to share with you this morning before we get started as we uh, kick off this series, Unshakable. Uh, man, there's a lot of things happening in the bulletin. I know Ryan told you make sure uh, you, you read all those and, and look at all those things. But the month of October, oh my goodness, we have a lot of fun and exciting things happening. On uh, October the 2nd, uh, we're having a, uh, our annual uh, tailgating party and competition uh, before, during, uh, after church, uh, we have uh, tailgaters out there outside on the campus, and uh, there's a little bit of a competition and food and fun, and uh, it's, it's going to be awesome. In fact, uh, how many of you are in a fantasy football league? Raise your hand. I know we got some guys here at Coastal. Uh, I just I just beat the snot out of uh, out of Sean last week in our fantasy football league, and uh, today Justin Faust is going down. I'm going all the way to the top this year. I am going to the top. So anyway, that's kind of cool. And then on October the 16th. Uh, we're having a baptism service here at Coastal, and uh, that's always exciting. And then inside your bulletin, there is a little uh, save the date card, uh, and it says Children's Day on it. And uh, wow, on, on October the 30th, uh, our, our whole entire service, both services, are going to be geared toward our children, children's ministry, and uh, we're, we're going to have a petting zoo outside and food and games and uh, a lot of stuff like that. And then on the inside, we're doing uh, a baby child dedication. Our kids from children's ministry from four-year-olds and up are going to be in the service that day. And they're actually going to be singing uh, a couple of songs on the stage. So that's going to be a lot of fun. In fact, today uh, we actually have a gift for all of our children in children's ministry. And our children's ministry here at Coastal is called uh, Coastal Kids. And so when you get your kids or, or drop your kids off, we have a little t-shirt uh, for our kids today. It's got the logo on the front, our church logo on the back. Uh, so make sure you, uh, uh, you pick that up today if your kid is uh, in children's ministry. Now today, uh, we begin a brand new series called uh, Unshakable. And uh, it's based off of the book of the same name that I had a little uh, hand in, uh, Standing Strong When Things Go Wrong. In fact, uh, today, uh, feel free to pick up a uh, a book, even if you have one, and use it as an invite tool and invite and bring somebody here to Coastal during the series. Now, here in Charleston, uh, we know a little something about uh, about storms, don't we? I mean, we do. We're kind of, uh, you know, we're, we're a little used to that. Raise your hand, in fact, uh, if you were in Charleston, here in Charleston, back in 1989 uh, during Hurricane Hugo. Raise your hand. Anybody here during that? Okay. 20, in fact, 26 years ago uh, this week, uh, Hurricane Hugo. Now, uh, Janet and I were also here in Charleston, and in fact, some of you might know this story, some of you don't. I, I graduated, I just graduated from Bible college uh, in Atlanta. I'm from Charleston, but I'd gone to uh, school in Atlanta, and I just graduated in May of that year, and Janet and I moved back to Charleston uh, in August to start Coastal, to start our church. Now, Janet's parents were in Atlanta, she's from Atlanta, and, and they were in Atlanta during this time, and of course, they saw all the national news. Uh, of this approaching storm. And uh, so they are freaking out. 
And, uh, you know, it's basically like, you know, Chris, what have you done? You, you have taken our, our sweet, precious daughter from, from the safety and the confines of our parental bosom into, <laughs> into the eye of this dangerous, evil storm. And, you know, I was like, well, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Buffington, don't worry. Your, your daughter is safe with me. I will protect her. I, I, I'm from Charleston, you know. I, I know what I'm doing. In fact, in fact, Mr. and Mrs. Buffington, we're going to get in our car and we're going to drive far, far away from the storm, away from the danger, away from this evil approaching onslaught. And we're going to drive and, and go stay with some friends of mine all the way in Goose Creek. And uh, so that's what we did. And um, so lesson learned, lesson learned. Um, well, you know, here we are again, and it's kind of, you know, timely, I guess, this series, and, and uh, we are right in the middle of hurricane season, aren't we? We are, we are smack dab in the middle of it. Now, I, I'm sure they would never admit it and, and I, w- I will say that's probably a little mean and a little unloving and uncaring of me to suggest this. But don't we all in this room pretty much believe that our local weather meteorologists live for this time of year, don't they? I mean, they just do. I mean, come on. Let's, the, the reality is, like, sometimes I think a trained monkey could, you know, could, uh, could do their job, you know, here in Charleston for at least like the prior you know, three months of the summer. I mean, come on. Hey, today's weather is 95 degrees in Charleston, 100% humidity, 20% chance of rain somewhere. I mean, that's pretty much, you know, that's pretty much their job, right, for the summer. And then comes hurricane season. I mean, you can almost see the adrenaline pumping through their veins. I mean, it's like they're meth addicts or something. I mean, it is. They, 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 what do they do? They all break out the like uh, storm tracker Doppler radar 5000. I mean, we don't even know what that is, do we? Nobody knows what that is. I'm not even sure it's real. It exists. They break it out. And then, because nobody, nobody anymore wants to be caught uh, unprepared and uh, end up like, uh, like New Orleans after Katrina and some other examples. And so we do what we always do, we go to the other extreme, don't we? And so at the first sign of rain or feeder bands, you know, the, the very first sign of rain or anticipated rain, everybody freaks out. I mean, they shut down schools, shut down roads, and, and then they, all, you know, they tell everybody to go to Walmart and uh, stock up on all the important stuff. All the important supplies. You know, go to the grocery stores, go to Walmart. So we all cram into these stores and we get all the necessities, right, for storms, for hurricanes. Now, not, you know, not cleaning supplies, plywood, flashlights, batteries, transistor radios, chainsaws, or generators. No, 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 no. The real important stuff like bread, milk, beer, and chips, right? I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty much what we do. I mean, let's admit it. How many of you... You know, for you and your family during hurricane season, it's almost like football season uh, at, at your house. And the big question is, what snacks are we going to buy, right? I mean, admit it, that, that's what we do. Now, the reality is, I do think that all of us, if you've been here in Charleston for any length of time, we, we have learned a thing or two. We've learned some lessons uh, in 26 years since Hurricane Hugo. One lesson I think that we've learned is this. 
It is possible. It is possible to survive a major storm if, if we have the right foundation. In fact, I think that's a life lesson, right? Write that down in your outline this morning. It's possible to survive the storms of life if you'll build your life on the right foundation, if you have the right foundation. In fact, that's really what, uh, I guess at its core, that's what this series is all about. It's about discovering that and, and building that right foundation so that we can all stand strong in the storms of life. Here's what I know. I bet some of you have shown up here today a little bit shaken. Shaken by, why, by what life has thrown at you. And, uh, well, the good news is this. You came to the right church uh, on the right day for the right series. Uh, each week during the series, we're going to take a look at some of the stuff of life, you know, that can really leave us shaken. Maybe some of the things that you're experiencing right now, whether it's doubt, a major failure, could be illness, could be some relationship uh, problems, left you shaken, or even death. You know, Jesus told a story one time that I think we can all relate to here in Charleston uh, about two people. One who is shaken by the storms of life and the other one who stands strong. It's found in Matthew chapter 7. Listen to this. Jesus said, anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds their house on solid rock. And so that is the unshakable person. The wise person. The person who listens to God's voice and follows his voice. Then it says... Though the rains come in torrents and and the waters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on rock. But, and then here's the foolish person. Anyone who hears my teachings, hears what what I say, and then ignores it, doesn't do it, doesn't follow it, is like a person who builds their house on what? On sand. And so when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will fall with a mighty crash. Listen, here's what I believe. God can give you the power that you need today to experience unshakable faith. That ability to to stand strong in the storms of life. In fact, that's really what I want us to talk about today as we as we begin this series and I want us to talk about the promises that God makes to you and me. That if we, if we build our lives on the unshakable foundation of a personal relationship with Jesus. By the way, that's not religion. That's not what I'm talking about. But if we build our lives on a relationship with him, and if we listen to his voice and do what he says, he makes some amazing promises for us. So what does it mean to have unshakable faith? Number one, it means that God gives me his peace when I'm anxious. God gives me his peace when I am anxious. Think about it. Right after Jesus you know, was crucified, his followers, his little band of believers, a little small group of disciples, they had all kinds of reasons to be worried, to be anxious. I mean, after all, think about it. The guy that they had been following you know, for the last three years of their lives, this man had been brutally beaten, had been crucified, and was buried in a tomb. And now those exact same people who had killed 
him, they are looking for them. And so they're hiding out uh, behind a locked door in a room in Jerusalem. And their whole world, their whole existence now has been completely turned upside down. They are worried. They are afraid. John 20 verses 19 through 21 says this. That evening on the first day of the week, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were what? They were afraid. They were afraid of the Jewish Jewish leaders. And suddenly, all of a sudden, Jesus appears. Jesus is standing there among them. And he says these four words, peace be with you. Underline those four words, star them, highlight them, peace be with you. It says, as he spoke, he held out his hands for them to see. He showed them his side. They were filled with joy because they saw their Lord. And he spoke to them again. And what did he say again? He said, peace be with you with you. Now, why? Why in the world did Jesus say that twice to the disciples? Think about it. You know, first of all, here they are. They're in a locked room. They're in hiding. And the person that they had seen uh, brutally beaten, you know, killed, put on a cross and buried in a tomb, all of a sudden, boom, he is right there with them out of nowhere. That'd probably freak you out a little bit, wouldn't it? I mean, it would. But I don't think that's the only reason why Jesus said that. Peace be with you. You see, he also understood that the disciples genuinely were anxious. They were worried. After all, they believed in him. I mean, they had given their lives for the last three years to this man. And then he ends up being killed and buried, and they didn't know what was going to happen. And so then Jesus steps in, and here he says these four words, peace be with you. And with those four words, all their anxiety, all their worries were washed away, and it says they were filled with with joy. Now, how is that possible? Those four words wipe away all the worry and all the anxiety and replace it with assurance and confidence and joy. Well, it's very important that we all get this. Listen to me. Because Jesus rose from the dead. Because the tomb is empty. Because Jesus does actually have power over life and sin and darkness and death. Everything that the disciples were worrying about, everything that they were anxious about, now is not worth worrying about. You see, ultimately, everything that you are worrying about is not worth it. Now, I know there's some of you here today and you feel like you're experiencing a great deal of anxiety right now and you think you have good reason to do so. Just listen to me for a moment. Today's message Jesus' message to you personally is this. Peace be with you. You know, maybe you're out of work right now. Maybe you're behind on your mortgage. Maybe you're worried about losing your home. Maybe you're here today and you're, you know, you're dealing with a serious illness, a, a disease. Maybe, maybe you just lost a loved one. Listen, Jesus' words to you today are peace. 
be with you. Maybe you're here today and your marriage is not going so well. Maybe your biggest worry is your kids and the path that they are headed down. You know what Jesus' message is to you today? It's peace. Be with you. See, Jesus is saying, look, I overcame the grave. I really do have power over life and death. Don't you think I can handle your situation? You know, don't, don't you think you could trust me enough to walk you through this situation? Don't you think that, that I even have the power, the power and the ability, if you'll trust me, if you'll let me, to even work together the circumstances of your life for your ultimate very best? I love you. And I conquered the grave. Stop being anxious. Trust me. Listen to my voice. Follow my words. Bring me your anxiety. Bring me your worries. Now, how do you do that? You do it in prayer. And listen, when we do that, when we sincerely, humbly do that, when we bring our worries and our anxieties to God, God does something supernatural. You see, he steps in and he takes your worry. He takes your anxiety and he puts it on his own shoulders. And he carries it. He, and then in exchange, he gives you his peace. In fact, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about what? Everything. Underline that word. Underline it. Everything. Everything you are worried about. Everything that you are anxious about. Take it to God. And then it says, tell God what you need. And thank him for all that he has done. And then listen to what will happen. You will experience God's what? God's peace. Which exceeds everything that we could ever understand. Now what does that mean? It, which exceeds everything we can understand. Well that means when, when all the storms of life. Man, when they seem to be pressing in on you. And the tides are beating down on you. The winds are beating down on you. And everybody else is worried. And everyone else is freaking out, and they're anxious, and they all think that you should be anxious too. All of a sudden, you have a peace that passes all human understanding. Listen, turn to the person next to you right now, and I want you to say these four words. Peace be with you. Say that to the person next to you right now. That's the first promise. Peace be with you. Now, let's look at the second promise. So, God also gives me his power when we're weak. He gives me his power when I'm weak. You know, sometimes, sometimes we are just quite frankly not strong enough to handle everything that life throws at us. Now, nobody likes to admit that. Especially guys. We're the worst. Nobody likes, in fact, if you're, if you're with a guy right now, if you're sitting next to a guy, if you're sitting next to a guy, you don't even know who he is. Go ahead and do this to me right now. Do this for me. Touch his arm. Just touch his arm right here. Touch his arm. Now, I've said this before. What did every guy in this room just do? We all flexed, didn't we? We did. Everybody flexed. All the men. Now, girls don't understand this, but guys do. You all flexed. Why? Because we like to think we're strong. We like to think we can handle everything. We, but we never like to admit it that sometimes, sometimes, 
The circumstances of life are just so heavy and so big. You can't handle it yourself. You see, that's when you need God's power. When your power isn't enough. Let me tell you something. God is never impressed with your strength. God don't care how much you can bench press. Please, come on. God is never impressed with your self-sufficiency. You know what? Instead, God looks for people who will admit it that they're weak. Who admit they can't handle everything on their own. And then they look to him for help. Because when we turn to God for help, wow, he loves to do something supernatural. He loves to take our weakness upon himself and replace it with his power. In fact, the Bible is just filled with example after example of these imperfect, ordinary, crazy, whack job people. They were messed up, messed up people. And then God used them to do extraordinary things despite their weaknesses. Because they relied on him. In fact, listen, if anybody in the Bible, you would think in the New Testament that had it all together, was strong enough to handle everything, it would be the Apostle Paul. I mean, this guy wrote like, you know, most of the New Testament. Well, there was a time in his life where evidently he was facing a storm. In fact, he went to God, he begged God, God, just remove it, take it away from me. And then God responded by saying this, my gracious favor is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. And finally it got through Paul's head and he said, So, now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses. You see, so that the power of Christ may work through me. Since I know it is ultimately for all, all for Christ's good, I'm quite content with my weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. What are those? Those are storms. You know what Paul is saying? You know what? I've gotten to the point in my life where, hey, I welcome the storms of life. Why? Because when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. It's his power displayed through me. But that doesn't happen until I admit that I'm weak. You see, there are some of you here today, if you're honest, you actually feel like the weight of the world is just pressing down on you, on your chest, and it is suffocating you. And it's like you're trying to push it up. You're trying to push it off with with your own strength, and you can't do it. It, It's exhausting. And the truth is, as long as you keep insisting that you rely on your own strength to do it, you're never going to be able to stand strong in the storms of life. But instead, it's when you're willing to say, God, I can't handle this. I can't do it in my own power. I need you. I need your strength. See, that's when God steps in. And that's when he makes his power available to us. It's not in your self-sufficiency. You know, one of the most famous verses in in the New Testament is this next verse. Some of you might have memorized it growing up. You've heard it before. Philippians 4.13. It says this. For I can do a few things through Christ who gives me strength. It doesn't say that, does it? Now, if you're a part of Coastal, you know I like to do that once in a while. Just to make sure you're listening, you're paying attention. It doesn't say that. What does it say? It says, for I can do what? Everything Everything through Christ who gives me strength. Do you believe that? Not your strength, but his. So let's review these promises. Look at this. God gives me his peace when I'm anxious. He gives me his power when I'm weak. And he also gives me his protection when I'm afraid. 
his protection when I'm afraid. Let me ask you a question. What's keeping you awake at night right now? What are you afraid of? Is it something you're facing tomorrow? Next week? You know, maybe it's a financial crisis. Maybe you're afraid that uh, you're not going to be able to make it over the next few months. Maybe it's a relationship. And uh, it's on rocky ground right now, and you're afraid of losing someone. Maybe it's a disease, unemployment. Maybe you made a terrible mistake. You know, first of all, before we go any further, go back to that story that Jesus told about those two people, you know, that built their, their lives on two different foundations. Jesus said, it says there in that passage something very interesting. It said, he said, though the rains come. In other words, there is no such thing as a storm-free life. You know, there's no such thing as a problem-free life. That's one of the lessons that we've learned in life that I hope you've learned. Listen, storms are going to come. Storms are a fact of life. I've said this before. You are either, in, you are either coming out of a storm, you are going into one, or you are smack dab in the middle of one right now. In fact, Jesus never promises that even after you follow him, that things are going to be perfect. The only place that's perfect is heaven. This is not heaven on this side of eternity. You are going to face storms. In fact, Jesus said, in this world, you will have problems. In fact, there's a word. There's a word for one problem after another problem after another problem after another after another. You know what that word is? Life. It's life. Life is full of problems. Life is full of storms. However, if you build your house, your life, on the rock, on the solid, sure foundation of a personal relationship with Christ, and you listen to his voice, and you follow his words, he says, you'll stand strong. God will be your protector. Now again, that's hard for a lot of people to accept. Again, maybe especially for, for some men. You know, we like to say, hey, I am the protector. Mr. and Mrs. Buffington, I will protect your daughter. And then we got this image in our mind of God, you know, as this weak, feeble, kind of old grandfather type figure rocking in a rocking chair, not really interested and can do an awful lot about what's happening here in the real world. And yet the Bible says just the opposite. Let me show you how the Bible describes God when it comes to our protector. Psalm 18, 2, it says this, the Lord, here's that word again, the Lord is my what? He is my rock, my rock, my fortress, my, my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield. He is the power that saves me in my place of safety. Let me ask you, what's bothering you right now? What's keeping you up at night? Hand that over to God. Man, let him be your rock, your protector, your place of safety. Calm your fears and protect you during the storm that you're, that you're going through. Here's the fourth promise of unshakable faith. God gives me a new plan when I'm uncertain. You know, when Jesus uh, died on the cross, again, think about it. Look back at your outline. The, the disciples, they were anxious, they were weak, and they were afraid. But they were also uncertain. I mean, they didn't know what the future 
was going to hold. Because again, their leader, their hero, the person they had spent the last three years of their life with was, had been crucified. They'd seen it. He had been laid in a tomb. He was dead. Everything they had given their life over to for the last three years now seemed just so uncertain. One of the great things about the resurrection was this. Jesus did come back to life just as he promised. And then he gave these disciples, this little band of ragtag, worried, afraid followers, this new plan to follow. You see, God is always ready, he's always waiting to give you a new direction whenever you need it. You know, we get frustrated in life about all kinds of things. We, we get uneasy. And I don't necessarily think that being uncertain is always a bad thing if, if it causes you to go to God and ask him for a new plan, a new direction. You see, maybe today you are uncertain about your money, about finances. And I think that can, that can be okay if, if it causes you to go to God and ask him for a new direction. Maybe you are uh, confused and uncertain about a dating relationship. That's okay. If it causes you to go to God and ask him for a new plan, a new man. No, anyway, a new plan, a new, a new direction. Um, maybe your career seems a little uncertain. And again, that's, that can be okay. If it pushes you toward God to ask him for a new plan, a new direction. But you see, our natural tendency when things are uncertain is to completely depend on our, ourselves and our own plan, and our own direction, and our own wisdom, and our own knowledge, and then we just shout, hey, I can handle this. I can do it. I can handle this. But truthfully, many times, that only brings greater uncertainty because if your plan, you know, I mean, it's your plan that got you in this mess to start with. The good news is, though, God is ready and able to give you a brand new plan, a new direction. He is able to take you where you are to where you need to be if if you'll ask. I love Jeremiah 29, 11. It says this. God says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster. I will give you a future and a hope. So who has the plan? God does. Do you need a plan for your career, your finances, your relationships? You know, are are you willing to humbly come to God and say, God, I'm tired of my plan. I, I need a new plan. I need to embrace your plan. And then how do you get that? Well, it's very simple. You ready for this? Ask. Ask. The Bible says if you ask God, he'll give you the plan. When we are, you know, what's funny is that typically when we're uncertain, we ask. We know to ask. We ask anyone and everyone. I mean, we ask our best friend for advice. We ask our parents for advice. Uh, some of you ask your horoscope or your palm reader for advice. Uh, medical issues, you, you, you ask WebMD, right? Now, that's dangerous, right? Know a little bit too much information. And then we just Google it, right? Nobody knows the answer. You need help. You Google it. We go to all these places and all these people for advice, but we never think about going to God. Here's what God says, James 1, 5. Listen to this. If you need wisdom, anybody here need wisdom today? Listen to this part. If you you want to know what God wants you to do, 
ask him. And he will gladly tell you. And listen to this. He will not resent your asking. I like that. You know what that means? That means that God is not up in heaven with his arms crossed saying, just try to get it out of me. He's not doing that. No. God stands ready, willing, able to give you a new plan if you're facing uncertainty. A lot of times we don't go to God honestly is because we know we're not going to like what he's going to tell us. But if you're confused, if you're uncertain, man, go to God. Now, everybody look up here just for a moment. And I'm going to close this out. There's one thing you don't have to be uncertain about. And even though a lot of people today, they're confused about this thing. Listen, you don't need to be. It's, it's God's plan for salvation. You know, I mean, truthfully, if we went outside today, we asked 100 different people on the street, what is salvation? We'd probably hear, you know, 100 different answers. And a lot of them probably would center around, you know, being good enough and religion and not doing bad things and doing good things. Listen, none of that. That's, that's not it. It's wrong. It's false. The Bible instead is very, very clear. What's, what's God's plan? What is his plan? Look at this last verse on your outline. It's on the screen. Ephesians 1.5. Listen to this. His what? His unchanging plan has always been his desire, his hope, his heart has been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself. And then underline these next three words. This is important, this little phrase. By bringing him, us, by bringing us to himself through who? Through Jesus Christ. Salvation comes through his son Jesus. Listen, why? Why did Jesus die on the cross? Why did he rise from the dead? It was to bring us to God. It was to give us salvation. Salvation comes through Christ. So here's how clear it is. God made this so clear. It is as simple as one, two, three. One, listen to me. God loves you. He's not angry at you. He, he loves you. You're not here by accident today. You're not a mistake. He has a plan for your life. He is, in, he is in love with you. He's not angry at you. You don't have to clean up your life before you come to him. He loves you. He loves you just the way you are. And he wants to forgive you. He wants to give you a home in heaven. He wants to give you a purpose and meaning in life. Two, because of your sin and mine, we miss out on that plan. Listen, don't get hung up on the word sin. It just means we've missed the mark. It just means we've blown it. In fact, here's, here's the amazing thing. God loved us so much that he gave us this opportunity to choose to love him or not. He gave us the choice. And the truth is we all chose to go our own way. We've all blown it. Everybody in this room. You know, it, sin, again, it just means we've messed up, we've missed the mark, because the judgment, the standard of judgment, the, the standard, you know, for life, it's not me, okay? Not Pastor Chris, you know, it's not your neighbor, it's not your coworker. We have this amazing ability, don't we, to always find people who are, you know, that we're better than or that are worse than us. Why do we do that? That's not the standard. In fact, it's not Billy Graham, it's not Mother Teresa, it's not the Pope. It's God. 
It's the absolute holiness and perfection of God. It's always doing the right thing, never doing the wrong thing, or thinking it either, by the way. And if that's the standard, then we've all blown it. And yet we waste so much time and effort and energy judging people based on how far we think they are away from the standard when we've all fallen short. And so it's that sin in our life that breaks that relationship. Number three, through your faith in Christ and through him alone, you can regain all that God has in store for you. You can come home. So my simple question for you today is this. Are you ready to believe? Are you ready to believe that Jesus really is who he says he is? He never claimed to be a great teacher. He never claimed to be a great person. He claimed to be the son of God who was crucified on the cross on our behalf, put in a tomb, and three days later, he rose from the dead. And it was witnessed by hundreds of people. It was recorded in history. Are you ready to put your faith in him and him alone? And accept God's forgiveness, God's new plan for your life. Listen again, look back at this outline. Are you today anxious, weak, afraid, uncertain? Today you could receive God's peace, his power, his protection, and his plan. Are you ready to to stand unshakable through the storms of life? So how in the world do we get all of that and so much more? You underlined it. Through Jesus Christ. Some of you today need to believe for the very first time. You know, don't let today just be another day. Another day of the year. Let it be your birthday. Let it be your day of of salvation. Why, why not now, right now, today in your mind say, Jesus, I do believe. I need to turn away from my plan and come home to yours. I want your peace. I want your power. I need your protection. I need a new plan. I need forgiveness. And I need salvation. The truth is, some of you maybe have done that You've made that decision before. And if you're honest, you've set aside the sure foundation and the rock of Christ. And you're no longer, what did he say in that that story? Listening to his word and doing what it says. And the truth is, your foundation is a little shaky right now. Come home to him. The distance to come home is not so far. Some of you, you've got this misunderstanding that you need to completely clean up everything and you're a mess and you can't come home. God is waiting, waiting, ready for you to come home. It's just one step. Come home. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.